Welcome to the Mayo Clinic Orthopedic Surgery Podcast, a curated series of interviews and discussions highlighting the three shields of orthopedic surgery at Mayo Clinic, clinical practice, research, and education. Welcome back to the Mayo Clinic Orthopedic Surgery Podcast. I'm really excited today to welcome Kalechi Akoraha. He is one of our sports medicine surgeons and team doctor for the Minnesota Timberwolves. He just started with us a few months ago, and we're, we're really excited to have him at Mayo Clinic in the Twin Cities. He does his undergrad and played basketball at Xavier. That's where I'm assuming the love for basketball really, really kicked off. Did med school at Howard, did um, residency at Henry Ford, and did a fellowship at Rush participated in team coverage at a number of those locations as well as at Henry Ford before he joined us here at Mayo. We're excited today for a little uh, interesting topic on uh, professional team coverage, which is something that is obviously on a lot of people's minds through sports seasons and has been heavily involved with COVID for for better or worse, an area where I'm sure um, team doctors wish they didn't have to worry so much about it. And, um, and it, but it's been on the front of all of our minds over the last year or so. Um, so we're excited to have him. Thanks for, thanks for joining Casey. Thanks for having me, John. When did you start to think about getting involved in team coverage? Did you always know that that's what you wanted to do or is it something that's evolved for you? Yeah, I think it's something that's definitely evolved for me. You know, at first when I grew up, you know, I wanted to be the athlete, you know, then when I decided to become an orthopedic surgeon, I was like, Hey, how can I keep this involvement in, in athletics? So I decided to, you know, be a team physician. And, um, I mean, being a team physician is just amazing opportunity, you know, that very few physicians have, you know, especially this early in their career. So I'm just excited and, you know, blessed to be a part of this organization and, you know, to help out in the management of the players. That's awesome. And obviously, um, we, we mentioned it, but you were a collegiate basketball player. How do you think that instructed your desires or how do you think it shapes how you take care of athletes? I was a much more low level athlete, high school athlete only, but um, obviously you, you got the bug and you stayed in it for longer up to pretty con- competitive levels. Yeah, so I think it definitely gives me a better understanding of the player's mentality, you know. So when I was playing basketball, basketball was my life, you know. It, you know, I would do anything, you know, to work out, get to the NBA. So I think in understanding the player's mentalities or what they were experiencing if they're injured, I can relate to them and give them advice that, you know, hits home more with them than others probably. That's great. Did you ever end up having any, any basketball related injuries or orthopedic surgeries as a result? I didn't have any surgeries, which is great. I did have some injuries, patellotendinitis, ankle sprains, low level things, but never had a, you know, ACL rupture <laughs> yet. Yet. If I keep yeah, exactly. playing basketball, I will. So <laughs> Good for you. What are your thoughts about how and when residents should start to get plugged in with uh, with team coverage and uh, and and starting to think about that in their practice? I think you should definitely get involved as early as possible. I think for me, you know, my first year I was covering high school football games. We were doing hockey games. And I think you can't just think about professional coverage. So you're not going to come in as a resident and say, hey, I want to do NFL. I want to do NBA games. No, you got to work your way up. You know, you got to do the, the high school, you know, the college. And then in certain situations where you're in the right place at the right time, you might get to do a little bit of professional team coverage. Yeah, and I think it's interesting because we watched the, the 
team doctors for for the stars, so to speak, and the professional levels. But there's a lot of sports that that really our communities are are needing to have high level medical coverage. And our our residents participate in some team coverage, and certainly it's important at the local local high school level to get you some exposure. And and I think most people, even if they're not sports fellowship trained, end up doing some team coverage for their local community. And obviously it's an important way, I think, to, to give back a little bit to the community in that way. For sure. What are general structures? And, and I know it's probably different at, the, at different levels, but can you talk about general structures and general roles in, in team coverage? So there's athletic trainers, physical therapists, there's uh, surgical uh, orthopedists, and then there's non-surgical sports medicine doctors. Can you talk about the general structures and how those inter- interact? Yeah, sure. That's a, that's a great question. So um, being a professional team physician is kind of like being the quarterback of the medical team, you know? So there's multiple players involved, you know, in, in keeping players healthy or, you know, injury free, you know, there, there's many roles such as, like you said, athletic trainers, there's strength and conditioning coaches, uh, there's primary care sports medicine providers, you know, there's dentists, there's nutritionists, et cetera, et cetera, you know? as a team physician, your job is to coordinate care between all those providers with the team goal of keeping the players healthy and on the field as long as possible. That's great. And I think um, obviously those relationships are really important in, in uh, building that cohesive team out because there's, um, there's, there's just so many nuances to the team coverage uh, opportunities as time goes by. Lots of surgeons cover their local team sports, like I talked about. Uh, can you talk about how to um, some obviously orthopedic surgeons are get further and further away from best evidence in concussion care, best evidence in sort of even some of the resuscitation protocols? Any thoughts about how to stay safe as doing some, let's say, my level team coverage, low, lower level team coverage, local high schools, <laughs> things like that? Yeah, so I think you definitely got to stay abreast of the current literature. You know, things are constantly evolving. The way we treated concussions, you know, 10 or 20 years ago is not the way we treat them, you know, today. You know, uh, I think 20 years ago, if you had a concussion, people were still letting players go back the same game. Now we know that if you get a concussion, you're out, you know. So I think you want to stay up to date with the current literature. And, of course, as an orthopedic surgeon, you're going to be a specialist in a particular area. But as a team physician, you have to treat the whole body. So it's key to have good relationship with other professionals and be able to ask those, you know, for me, I'm, I'm, you know, I hip, knee and shoulder. So if somebody has a hand or a foot injury, I know the general, you know, diagnosis and treatment, but I'm not a specialist in it. So I'll, I'll ask someone at Mayo, who's also an expert in ankle, you know, how do you treat this? You know, what would you do here? So it's important to have those relationships. Yeah, that sure makes sense. And it seems like as as I um, participate in Academy and AOS, AOSSM and other organizations, there's weekend courses and things like that that you can participate in to kind of get dialed back up, led by people like you who can get into the nitty gritty about uh, impact testing and other things like that in, in terms of return. Because some of those, uh, those things are obviously super important and people really look to you as the orthopedic surgeon to help to make some of those decisions about getting getting kids back into the, into the game. For sure. This year is obviously really unique with COVID and basketball. Uh, there was descriptions that I read in some of the lay press about the bubble and things like that. Can you talk a little bit about the experience of 
how basketball handled COVID and, and the interactions um, in and around the bubble for the NBA? Yeah, so I think the NBA uh, bubble was really the premier way that, you know, we should have handled COVID with sports. So I think the NBA did a great job. Um, I wasn't in the bubble, but one of my colleagues, Ben, uh, he was in the bubble and he told me about the experience and they really had it, it nailed down, you know. So they had frequent testing. Uh, they had the appropriate spacing. You know, they had everyone wearing masks. They had contact tracing. They did everything that they needed to keep the players and, you know, staff safe. And ideally, you, you do it in that kind of environment where you have all the players in one environment. And you don't let them out, you know, possibly, um, you know, intertwine with the normal population and, and risk getting a COVID exposure. But the reality is, you know, at the high school level and the college level, we can't really do that. And so we have to try to draw some of those protocols from the NBA bubble and try to implement them when we can. Yeah, and I sure hope as we get further forward and get into vaccines and and otherwise that that we can go back to some of the normal but already challenging aspects of team coverage and and move away from COVID. But it's been amazing to watch one of one of our good friends, Chris Camp, takes care of the twins and they've worked through protocols for COVID. And I think everybody's kind of doing it in, in their own way to try and try and keep the athletes as safe as possible. But it's it's cool to watch orthopedic surgeons step up and participate, but but I would also say it sure seems like those are instances in which we really rely on epidemiologists and infectious disease doctors to help us guide those, those protocols as well. So it's a nice time to be a quarterback and, and keep the team together moving in the right direction, but also uh, allow the subspecialists to do, to do what they do really well. Yeah. Spe- speaking to, to baseball, do you get the sense that there's different personalities? This is something I've, I've always found interesting between the different sports and team coverage for baseball, basketball, football, hockey, different things like that? Yeah, I definitely think there's different personalities. You know, there's just – it's it's similar, but it's also different. You know, so NBA, for instance, you know, we only do home games. So whatever whoever's the home team position is treating both teams. In football, you're traveling. So it's a whole – I think you get closer with the players and the staff because you're always with them. You're traveling, you know, you're eating dinner, breakfast, and lunch. Baseball is, you know, similar. You're not traveling, but you're doing a lot of home games, you know, so 80, 82 games, however many games it is. So I think there's different levels and there's different personalities that go with each sport. That's great. So um, any, any other advice that you have for either residents or uh, fellows who are, who are thinking about trying to get plugged in with, um, high level team coverage about positioning themselves for, for success in that regard? Yeah, I think, you know, everybody thinks about the, you know, just the kind of high points of covering a professional team, but you really got to understand, you know, what you're getting yourself into because it's a big commitment. Um, it's, you know, oftentimes a 24 seven, you know, call and it's just a, it's a, it's a major time commitment. It's something that's great. And, you know, I love, you know, watching that high level basketball, but I also know that it's going to be a commitment. It's, it's, it's gotta be something you love to do and you're not just doing, you know, for the, the fame or, you know, being on TV or being associated with these players, because that's not what you're going to get out of it. Yeah. And I think the Timberwolves are lucky to have you up there in terms of taking such great care of them. And we've, we've talked a lot about that commitment and it really becomes um, it's truly a passion where it's a 24, seven, 365 uh, commitment to all levels of, of care of those athletes. So um, they're lucky to have you. 
Thanks so much for joining us uh, to talk a little bit about professional team coverage. Any, any um, other parting, parting uh, gifts of wisdom for, let's say, uh, our um, fifth-year residents who want to be a team doctor? Yeah, if you want to be a team doctor, you know, go about it the right way. You know, be passionate about it, and you know, your number one goal should be providing high-quality care to the players. Beautiful. Thanks so much for joining us. All right. Thanks for having me, John. Thank you.